Welcome to the New Freedom Church podcast. This podcast will help you grow deeper in your faith through weekly 30-minute talks. If you haven't already done so, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you get each new episode as it's released. Now sit back and relax as God speaks to you through this message. He is good all the time. Yes, he is. I I tell you, uh, this morning I believe that there is a treat for you. There is something that God really is about to do, and he's already been doing it during our worship time. But um, I've been pastoring long enough to know that when when things before church service on Sunday morning start to get a little bit out of sorts and, and there's a, a flurry of spiritual activity trying to oppose <laughs> what we're trying to do, uh, you can ask this worship team, you can ask uh, uh, after service a couple of our, our folks that we had uh, planned today uh, to speak with us. Um, there is a designed... Uh, detriment of this of the enemy to try to stop what has happened here today and happening so let's just give God a hand let's give him thanks that he is greater and that no weapon formed against God's church will prevail we are in a series on the Holy Spirit and it's simply titled Holy Spirit you are welcome here and, and I don't just mean here although I do but I mean here you are welcome here in my life. Holy Spirit, every single day, the presence of God, you are welcome in my life. And there's, there's probably no theology that is more misunderstood in Christian circles than the theology of the Trinity, God the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And so today, we're going to continue on the series we've been talking about, the spiritual gifts. Last week, we talked about spiritual uh, disciplines, how that we have certain things like solitude and prayer and silence and repentance and fasting and uh, different uh, activities that we do to kind of position our hearts and lives to receive from God. Today I want to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But first, before we get to the gifts of the Holy Spirit and a brief interview at the end, I want us to look at the promise. Everybody say, the promise. What you're going to see according to scriptures today is that the gifts of the Holy Spirit is not what God promised. There is something even better than the gifts that God promised, and it's the gift giver. Turn with me to Acts chapter 1. I want to read verses 1 through 5, and then we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians 12. I want to read a couple of verses there. Uh, while you're turning to Acts chapter 1, we are going to be like those in the, the 17th chapter of Acts, the Bereans, The Bereans were known for searching the scriptures to find out for themselves what God had to say. We're not looking at some secondhand revelation. We can know directly what God is saying to the church, and we can read it by the holy word of God. It says in Acts 1.1, in the first book, O Theophilus, now this would be the book of Luke. The first book was the first uh, book of Luke that uh, the writer here wrote. I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. So if you want to know what Jesus began to do and teach, just go back to the Gospels, primarily the book of Luke here. Until the day that he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit. Now I've highlighted some words here. Through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. This was the primary uh, lesson or message that Jesus brought was about the kingdom of God, the kingdom life, how to live in the spirit. Verse 4, it says, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. He didn't tell them to wait for gifts. 
He didn't tell them to discipline themselves so that they can earn some kind of favor for God. He didn't say that that you're going to have all this fruit in your life as waiting. He said, wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, "You, uh, you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with, watch it, the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So the promise is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is our promised possession. And every single believer in Jesus has at least one spiritual gift, probably many more than that, but at least one spiritual gift. And so the promise is the Spirit. Now, there is this, this uh, uh, dialogue in, in Christendom, with, which would be that from the promise of the Holy Spirit, we see the flow of giftings. We see the flow of activities. We see uh, from the, 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 the Holy Spirit coming and dwelling in us, all of this... Uh, endowment, this power from on high. And there are some who believe and teach that certain giftings stopped with the apostles, that they ended, they have ceased. It's called cessationism. And then there is another camp that says that it is continuation, which is that all that happened in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the book of Acts, all of the apostle writings, that those things are still possible and probable to take place in the church even today in 2023. New Freedom Church is a independent, non-denomination gathering of of Christians from all different stripes and all different backgrounds. And we simply say we can agree on the core values of the Bible. We can agree on the main things. And if it happened in the Bible, we believe that it still can happen today. Anybody say amen. amen. It can still happen today. Now, that doesn't mean that all believers are going to have all the gifts. In fact, we're not going to have all the gifts. We wouldn't need each other if we all had all the gifts. But God puts in his body those that he needs in certain places and certain operations for a function. Now, in 1 Corinthians 12, there are nine spiritual gifts. And so we want to talk about three of those gifts today. And we'll go through uh, the next couple weeks on some of the other gifts. But 1 Corinthians 12 and 4 says there are a diversity of gifts. We're not all the same. But the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So who is benefiting from the giftings of the Holy Spirit? It is the church. All of us benefit by someone operating in a gift or by them fulfilling their God-given calling to operate in a gift. It says in verse 8, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gift of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills, as the Spirit wills. So, All of these giftings are available and operational within the local church and within the body of Christ. We believers have access to operating in spiritual gifts. Pastor Chris Hodges said this, A spiritual gift is a special supernatural ability that God gives to each of his children so that together, everybody say together, 
We can advance his purposes in the world. So a spiritual gift is not given just simply so that we can look more spiritual or that we can say, oh, we're gifted and they're not. A spiritual gift is not given so that our church can shine brighter than the church down the street. A spiritual gift is given for us to operate in such a way that the world can see and know that Jesus is king and Jesus is Lord. That's why. And so the world is, is watching the church. Are we operating in the giftings that God gave us so that we can magnify and glorify God? See, it's God who receives all of the glory. I found a, a breakdown. I'm going to have them put this, uh, this list up there on the screen of what the, the spiritual gift categories are. So there, there's a category of gifts of revelation, and they are word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. And then there are gifts of power, which do something, and those are faith working of miracles, and gifts of healing. And then there's gifts of inspiration, or some would say they're called vocal gifts, prophecy, gift of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now, of those nine, there's really only one or two, one and then the second one complements it, that is even very controversial when it comes to spiritual gifts in operation in the church. Even the cessationists, even those who say that spiritual gifts cease, they will pick and choose ones that have not ceased. Certain ones have gone on and continued. But there is really only one that is is primarily of uh, interest or I would say of maybe even debate or contention, and that is the gift of tongues and interpreting tongues. So let's talk about for just a few moments today what tongues is and the interpretation of tongues. For a, a background and a basis, let's root this in the word of God. You know, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book of me, for me. I stand alone on the word of God. Any of you ever been in kids' church? We can get you to volunteer. We can teach you all kind of good songs. The B-I-B-L-E, yeah. So we teach that to the kids, but it's just as good for the adults. We want to make a foundational uh, exposition or understanding of everything that we're going to teach or operate in this local church. Somebody say amen. If it's in the Bible, we're going to do it. If it's not in the Bible, we're going to discern it. <laughs> we, we may still do it, but we're going to discern it according to the full counsel of the Word of God. And so let's go to Isaiah 28 and 11. I'm just going to quickly go through these to give you a basis for speaking in tongues from the Word of God. It says, For with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to this people. That's an Old Testament reference to what was about to happen and what could take place later on. Mark 16, these are... Uh, attributed to the words of Jesus. And it says, He said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Yes, that still is true. They will speak with new tongues. These are Jesus' words. Jesus had this idea. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Just so you know, we are not a serpent-handling church. Just so you know, (laughs) we're not going to test our faith with that as some have done, and they have erred in that area. There's a whole message. If you want to look back at 2020, I did a whole message on this exact verse and how that it is, is not dealing with a direct snake, but it is actually within our thought life that the Greek words are reconciled here. But this is the basis for speaking in tongues. And then in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Now, this is the birthday of the church. How many like birthdays? I like birthdays. Birthdays are fun. They're celebrations. Well, the day of Pentecost, as 
Acts records, was the birthday of the church. It says, when it had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and set up on each of them, and they were all filled. How many were filled? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In Acts 10, 46, they spoke with tongues and glorified God. In Acts 19, 6, Paul laid hands on some of the new apostles and they spoke in tongues. So we have a biblical basis for this phenomenon or this this grace and gift. I'll call it a grace and a gift because there's kind of two different ways to differentiate it of speaking in tongues. So what is tongues? Tongues is supernatural utterances and languages not known to the speaker. These languages may be actual languages still spoken here on earth. They may be revived from some past culture, or they may even be heavenly languages. The Bible talks about tongues of men and angels, but it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. Now, what is the, the purpose of tongues? Well, it's a sign, the Bible tells us, for unbelievers It also is for building up the believer. It can be through edification. Uh, The person speaking in tongues is praying mysteries unto God. So there's a sense where it bypasses your intellect. And then there is a grace for tongues, which we see that everyone at Pentecost received uh, this gift. And they spilled out into the streets and they were uh, speaking to the foreigners that had come for the worship time in their own language. And so there was an evangelistic approach to it. And then there is a gift of tongues, which was referenced in 1 Corinthians. We're going to talk a little bit more about that today. And that is for a public setting, but with interpretation to follow. So the interpreter present. And so there are some guidelines there for tongues. Uh, There was a time early in uh, the 1900s that uh, with the charismatic uh, uh, um, revivals that was taking place all around the country... uh, People would begin to speak in tongues, and then they would get this notion, well, if in the book of Acts they were spilling out of the streets, they were speaking in unknown tongues, and people were getting saved, I'll just go out on the mission field, and I'll go speak in tongues to this foreign tribe, and they'll get saved. And it doesn't work like that. That, that, that never was, was something, it's not a very good evangelistic missionary calling to, to think you're going to do that. Uh, you should study, and you should, you should learn the language. So don't uh, just rely on a gift of the Spirit uh, in order to do something that looks attractive. You better hear, hear a word and have a word from God. So what happened on the day of uh, Pentecost, the book of Acts, was a very specific event that we can extrapolate into our lives. But Paul teaches more into the gift of tongues, which has the guidelines for public operation, and that is interpretation. So what is interpretation of tongues? Watch this. It is a supernatural power to reveal the meaning of tongues. So in our church services, if there's, if there's a, a, a gift of tongues to be operated in, then there needs to be an interpretation to it, and everybody needs to hear what's happening. Now, here's what you have to know about the interpretation of tongues. It is not a word-for-word translation, but rather declaring the meaning of the message in tongues. Pastor Rick and I went to Dominican Republic in February, and we had to operate through a translator. Now, we learned this cool little app, uh, Google Translate. It's pretty neat. You can speak into your phone, and it'll translate it back into the language that you, you uh, asked for, and it'll kind of talk back and forth. Pretty neat. But we found that it wasn't completely accurate. You could say some wrong things in Google. You don't know. But, but the translators, they, they kind of knew. And we were in these villages. We were going door to door, and we had a translator. And there was a couple of times where I would look to the translator, and this person is just jawing at us, just talking, 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 and, and like, are you done yet? And finally, I'd look to the interpreter, and I'd say, what did she say? And they said, she said, she don't want you here. You better leave. I'm like, okay. 
I know she said a whole lot more than that. She's like, yeah, you don't want to know exactly what she said. She just kind of gave me the general idea. And I'm like, okay, then we dust off the, the, our feet and we go to the next town, right? We go to the next thing, like, like Jesus said. So even an interpretation in tongues in a service, the message may be longer in tongues than the interpretation is. That's no reason to think that it wasn't from God or that the person missed it. It is a general idea of what the Spirit is saying to the church, to the body, to edify, to build up the body. The message in tongues might be very short, and then the interpretation could be longer. So it's not a word-for-word translation. Rather, it is an interpretation of what God is saying to the church. And then the third one in this category is prophecy. Prophecy, according to the Word of God, is defined as anointed proclamation. See, what I'm doing right now is, is a form of teaching, but anytime that you have someone's attention, you can proclaim to them. Mothers proclaim to their children, clean up your room. That's a proclamation. may not be real anointed, but they're going to do what mama says to do, right? So anytime that you are proclaiming something. Now, a prophet uh, is a person who is a mouthpiece or a spokesperson for God. And a lot of times when we see the word prophecy, what we put in our mind is some kind of end-time events. Did you know that only about 13% of actual prophetic uh, verses of the Bible are related to end-time events? Many more of them have already been fulfilled, were fulfilled in the contemporary time, or just were uh, someone speaking on behalf of God, giving a word to someone. I've seen many times in this church, in the altars, in times of prayer, where someone is going to be a spokesperson for God and going to proclaim something for the Lord. So it is uh, formed out of two Greek words, which means foretell. So prophecy is foretelling. It is telling something with the heart and the mind of the Spirit in activity. Now at this time, what I'd like to do is I'd like to invite a couple of our longtime members to the stage. I wanted to ask them some questions because these are people who I have recognized operate in a couple, if not all three, of these spiritual gifts. So at this time, if you will uh, welcome to the stage Rodney Fry and Pastor Sue Ermston. Thank you. Come on up, guys. Welcome. I'll say ladies first. Just uh, tell us who you are, how long you've been in ministry, and how long you've been at New Freedom Church. Well, I have been very blessed by God that for the last 35 years I have had Women in Need Ministries. Um, I co-founded in Middletown, Ohio. We have our own building there. But most importantly, we are pretty much 100% focused on jail ministry. So I have ministered in five different prisons here in Ohio. Right now, we're at Butler County on Tuesdays and Fridays. And I have been very blessed now to be with Pastor Joe and all of you here at New Freedom since 2012. 2012, that's great. And also the leader of our Monday night's Women's Army. You wanna give a little shout out to the Women's Army? God's Army, <laughs> woohoo! You're all welcome on Monday night, seven o'clock. Fireside room. Shameless plug for women night, Monday night women's study. It is powerful time. Yes. And you will see the gifts of the Spirit in operation. Yes, you will. Rodney? 
Okay, I'm Rodney Fry. Uh, I've been with uh, New Freedom since the beginning. Uh, I was one of the founding members in the uh, that we uh, were in the cemetery in the little chapel in the cemetery, and, and uh, it was it was quite an experience. Um, so I, I, like I said, I've been here from the beginning. I've I've done bid, I've done different things in the church. I've been a trustee. I've been uh, I've done led some Bible studies and and teach some Sunday school classes. And uh, um, so that's, that's about me. My family comes here, uh, my daughter, my granddaughter, and, and my wife. Uh, uh, and then when my family comes from out of town, they all come here also. So That's great. The reason that I invited you two up here is because I have recognized for quite some time the operation of the gifts of the Spirit in your life, multiple uh, gifts of the Spirit, but particularly when it comes to uh, messages in tongues, interpretation, and then... Uh, even praying with people in the altars, I, I believe there's a prophetic gift, especially Pastor Sue, that you operate in and being able to uh, really encourage someone in that, in that time of need. But uh, I'm going to ask each of you, if you could tell everyone, what is one thing you think that people should know, particularly about these, these three gifts, the, the you know, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, what would you like people to kind of know about those from practical experience? I'll let you go first. first. I'm pretty much going to repeat what Pastor Joe said earlier. The one thing that I want people to know about the gifts of the Spirit is that God has given to each of us a divine purpose. And in order to fulfill that purpose, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to do that because it's not about us. It's uh, not our ability. Jesus is God. But if he had performed miracles and taught with the supernatural as God, we would not have been able to do that, but he didn't. He, he flowed in the spirit as a man. So when we invited Jesus to come into our heart, then the Holy Spirit moved in because it's his ability. It's not our ability. So we are, the point we need to remember is that we are where we are because we are God's answer in that place. And so to remember that means that we remember it's not about us. It is about letting the Holy Spirit speak through us, pray through us, heal through us, love through us, give through us for his glory. Um, the other thing that I wanted people to remember is that when the Holy Spirit, let's say he, he gives a word of knowledge we don't know that if God does not reveal it to us. And usually the person that we're praying for knows that we don't know them. And so it to me is such a priceless experience for that person to realize that God knows all about me and he loves me. And he is showing that through this man or woman who's speaking to me and the relationship between a person and God, someone who really maybe doesn't really know God it's priceless. Yes, that's awesome. I like how you said that we are God's answer where yes, we are at. Yes, we are. That's, that's powerful. Wherever you are, that's where God wants you. Amen. Well, for me, and, you know, I can only speak of my experience with the Holy Spirit because I think everybody's experience is, is different. And uh, some may be similar to mine. Some may be completely opposite of mine. Uh, but I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit actually in uh, in Charlie Watson Ford dealership up here. I don't know, probably 20 years ago. I don't have the exact date, but I 
went in there and Brother Bill Watson prayed for me in Charlie's office and, and I received the baptism there. It, and I just didn't instantly run out the next week and go to church and speak in tongues and give interpretations. <laughs> I, that's just not how it works. Yeah. And as the Spirit kept prompting me and prompting me and prompting me, eventually I did speak out and, and at first I didn't have the interpretation but somebody else would interpret it. Sometimes, a lot of times it was Pastor Joe or, or or Brother Bill, or or you know somebody else in the in the congregation, um, and uh, as things grew on, one little experience I want to tell about is that, you know, I was always concerned about this not being me, that it's the Holy Spirit speaking Holy through Spirit. me, and and most of the, not most time all the time, I really don't when I'm speaking in tongues, I really don't control what I'm saying. There is sounds coming out of my my mouth. But they're not something I sit here and thought, okay, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say that. <laughs> right. And so early on, you know, I was always, like I said, concerned about not being me. Well, uh, lots of times I would feel the prompting to give a message and, and, and even interpret later on. And uh, uh, sometimes I would hesitate going, well, is this really the Holy Spirit? Is this really the Holy <laughs> Spirit? And so I, I would pause and I wouldn't do it. And within 30 seconds, there was somebody else that would respond and give the message and interpretation, and then I had to say, God, I'm sorry, I didn't listen. I promise I'll do better. So, you know, it's, it's just one of them things. And when the Holy Spirit does that, you know, and when I'm speaking in tongues and giving the interpretation, if you're ever close to me, you'll probably notice that I'm shaking. My hands are shaking. My body's shaking because it's like, it's like overwhelming. There is no way I can describe what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you like that. Um, so I speak and, and I interpret to what the Spirit is speaking to me. For a, a long time, I always thought, okay, God, what language am I speaking? Am I speaking <laughs> Italian, French? What am I speaking? And I thought that for a long, long time. And then finally, God spoke to me one day and he said, he said you're speaking a heavenly language. He said, you know, just like the day of Pentecost or uh, when, when in chapter Acts or chapter two Acts, if you read on past four, uh, it talks about everyone heard their interpretation in their own language. Yeah. And there was, and I counted, I think like 16 or more different languages in mm -hmm. the room. And so I'm going, well, how can I speak 16 different languages at <laughs> one time? I'm not doing that. So the Holy Spirit's speaking yeah. to them and he's speaking in their language. So they're getting the, the interpretation that he wants them to have. So uh, that's, that's where I'm at. And just one other thing, too, that I want to say is, too, that it always encourages me and, and helps me know that the Spirit's speaking through me when people act, approach me and say, hey, thank you for the message this morning. Yeah. That's always such a big encouragement to me. And, and I've had people, you know, come to me in different places and, and, and speak to me, and, and I really appreciate that. And, helps me know that I'm listening to what the Spirit's telling me. Even when they come up at Kroger's and say, hey, I was in that service. That actually yes, happens. even when they come up at Kroger's. It, it, and that happens so several times. Just a couple points of teaching. So the Scripture gives allowance for uh, someone to speak in tongues in a public setting and another to interpret, or that the person speaking can actually pray for and should be praying for the interpretation themselves. So there is an allowance and some, some latitude there, but it also says that it should happen no more than two or three times within a public setting, something like this. So there are some, some guidelines there. If you want to go back and watch last week's service on our, on our replay there, you can see that there was one opportunity where 
uh, Rodney came to me and he said, I believe I have a word. And so I came down front and I grabbed the microphone, handed him the microphone. We were standing right down here. He gave the interpretation, the speaking tongues and the interpretation. And then I prayed and, and we kind of went through the rest of the service. Now, that's relatively, uh, and I'll, I'll share with you guys and just to, uh, maybe to commend the humility of, of these two, that's relatively new for us because in the churches I grew up in, it was so small that you could just start speaking in tongues and someone would, would hear it. They would stop the music and there would, you know, it would happen. Um, now, as our churches get more complex, larger in size, there's earbuds in for a lot of the people on stage, people in the back. There's a little bit of a pr- production element to the technology that we're adding. It's harder just to, to start speaking and everybody to, to kind of notice what's going on. Funny little story. I had a lady years ago in our church. She came, and she did not come from a Pentecostal background. And she said, Pastor, I really got a problem with your church. I love your church. But there was someone speaking in tongues, and it wasn't interpreted. And I said, oh, really? Yeah, they were standing right beside me. They were worshiping God. They were speaking in tongues. It wasn't interpreted. And I said, well, that was their prayer language. That was them praising the Lord. It wasn't stopping the service. So not all tongues need to be interpreted. It is building up the believer as well. It's edifying them. And so uh, not everything is going to stop the service uh, to be interpreted, but just, uh, just kind of a, a little cautionary note on that and some teaching as far as that goes. Now, I want to ask you too, because there seems to be a lot of mystique about the gifts of the Spirit, but particularly these, these two gifts, tongues interpretation. Uh, I think people want to know, what is it like? You know, what are you thinking when the Spirit's dealing with you to give a message in public? And I think, Rodney, you already addressed this a little bit, a little apprehension, not sure about yourself, this, the trembling, but... Um, what is it like, and, and I want to ask this question, are you no longer in control of your faculties? Like, can you not control this? Is this some kind of trance that you're in? Pe- people get this idea that this is so spiritual that, like, God just took over. I've had people say, well, God made me do it kind of a thing. Um, what is it like when you're actually prompting to operate in the Spirit? When I am in a public meeting and God has a message that he wants me to give, he will give me one word, like testimony. I'm not thinking about that. I'm worshiping with Pastor Rick. I'm singing the songs. And then there's this thought that is not anything I was thinking about. And he, for me, follows it with, and thus saith the Lord God. Now, I have the choice as to whether or not I will give that message or not. One time we were down here, you had invited us to come down and uh, God knows that sometimes I have not given that. And this time he said, are you going to give it or not? So I opened my mouth. And then if I will open my mouth and let him flow, then he gives the, the word. But it's up to us. Don't so, you agree? so it's not that you are in some kind of trance. Oh, you still no. are thinking. It's still oh, yeah. you. But you have to be obedient. Absolutely. And, and like it'll, the rest of it comes. See, that's how yes. it kind of works for me too yeah. is that, I may not even remember what I said. I'll oh, sometimes I go can't. back exactly. and, and look at it. But I know that I'm not like caught up in the heavenly trance or anything like that. And I think that's why a lot of people are scared to operate in gifts of spirit because they don't want to lose control. And in a sense, the Christian life is losing control, period, just you know, flowing in him. But uh, that's, that's kind of what I do as well, or, or kind of the same sure. thing. What about you? Are, are you out of control? No, no, <laughs> definitely not. But, but in fact, I'm always in control. Even though when I'm speaking, you know, those words are not, I'm not thinking about, okay, I'm saying this, that, this, that. And I think I kind of even addressed this a little bit earlier when I said that there was times when the spirit would prompt me to speak and I didn't, so somebody else did. Mm-hmm. So that was me choosing not to, not to speak. 
and, and I can do that any time. And I think the, the Bible says that uh, the spirit's subject to the prophet, yes. which means that, that I can speak or not speak at, at my discretion. And uh, uh, so, but I'm not out of control. I'm, I know what I'm doing. I could stop at any second and say yeah. no. Or you know, if I felt something, ever, ever felt something was wrong, I would probably stop in the middle. But I've never had that happen. But yeah. we definitely are not out of control. We're def, or at least no, I'm not. I, I out of control or out of my mind. Uh, uh, it's just not this. I've heard people. There's actually a song out now talking to Jesus, and they, at the very beginning of it, talked about her grandma, and he heard the grandma praying, and it sounded like mumbling, like she was out of her mind. <laughs> and she told him, no, I was talking to Jesus. And, you know, so that was, uh, uh, you know, that's what it is for me. Yeah, and there was a little, con uh, you know, concern, I think, initially when I said, hey, let's walk up front and get everybody's attention and, and make sure that the microphone's heard so our online audience can hear. People are like, oh, I don't know. Is that, is that in the spirit? We're going to quen you know, quench the spirit. No, the spirit is subject to the prophet. So we can wait until the opportune time, especially so that a message can be heard, that a prophecy can be given, a word of wisdom and where knowledge comes forward because it is for the purpose of edifying the body. So if it only edifies one or two, then it's really not an interruption for a service. It can just be done up front. But if it is for the edification of the body and the elders, the pastor, uh, certain people need to maybe uh, discern that and, and decide, okay, this is the time for it or, or it's not the time for it. And so that's, I think, really good to know that we don't have to uh, be in some trance or lose control. Okay, uh, last question I want to give you guys. And so if the worship team can get ready. Uh, we'll, we'll close on this one. And, and I know there are lots more. So here's what I want to ask you to do. I want you to email me. You can find my email on our website, pastorjoe at newfc.org. If you have a question about a spiritual gift, email me. I would love to try to address that at a, a future service or appropriate time, or I'll even maybe tap on the shoulder of Pastor Sue and Rodney and, and find out what they think. But let me ask you guys, can you recall a time when operating in a spiritual gift, and it could be any of them, where a miracle occurred or life change happened and it was just undeniable? And I'll, I will use this church. Pastor Dennis um, and, and Joy Bonnell, you know, were, were here for quite some time. Uh, while they were here, Joy was diagnosed with lung cancer. And so I was led, I felt led to pray for her. I anointed her with oil and I put my hands on her head and her neck and her chest. And she said that the heat of the Holy Spirit went mm -hmm. through her said she had to take off her jacket and if you know joy i mean she'll make you laugh but she said and if she could have she would have continued to disrobe <laughs> because the heat of the holy ghost just stayed with her through the whole service well she had tests done and they came back and all of the cancer was gone in her lungs she then was diagnosed with um, non-hodgkin's lymphoma and to this day, what had been there is now she has only two little nodules left and they are less than a centimeter and they are shrinking every time she has a test done. Can we give God the glory? Amen. Praise and God for that. I want to give one more. <laughs> one day, Holly and Pastor Jay were sitting right here. And when I say I felt led to, that's literally, I'm standing in front of her and um, I'm literally saying to her, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but you're not going to have to have that surgery. Hmm. I did not know that she had a cyst on an ovary and surgery was scheduled for that very next week. 
She went to the uh, doctor the day before, had an ultrasound done, and the cyst was gone. It had burst, and her body had absorbed it, so no surgery. Please give God the praise, praise and the God. glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yeah, I've, I've had experiences before where, you know, it's been life-changing things, sometimes mine, sometimes, uh, most of the time, other people. I know there's times that I, uh, I think there was a time I gave a word of knowledge one time here, and we had a lot of people come up, and I can't remember the, the guy's name, Pastor Joe told me, that's somebody that had been on his mind or something, and he come forward and got mm. saved that day. So that was a life-changing experience to That's me. Awesome. And I've seen divine healings. I've seen miracles. I've experienced it personally, and I've seen it happen with, with people. Uh, sometimes it's associated with, with speaking in, in, in tongues or, or interpretation. A lot of times it's not. So, uh, but yes, I've seen plenty of life-changing events. Yeah. And one real quick story, and then I'll stop. My, my oldest daughter, Kim, she, uh, there was one morning she was not saved, she was not a Christian, and we were going to church, and she'd come home Saturday sick, and she went to the doctor, she had strep, and she was, she was in so much pain when we left, and me and Irene, we said, Kim, we're going to lay hands and pray for you before we go to, go to church, and so we laid hands on her and prayed for her and asked the Holy Spirit to, to heal her, and so we went to church, and right after church, we went straight back home, and to see how she was doing because we was really concerned about her. She was crying when we left. And uh, and so uh, we got back home and she was up running around like nothing. And it took <laughs> me about two or three weeks to get it out of her. Like, okay, how long did it take before, you know, you started feeling better? And she said, finally she told me, she said, Dad, with less than an hour, I was feeling really good. <laughs> and so it was, it was that's just how God operates. Praise Amen. the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, let's, let's stand. Uh, Pastor Sue, I'm going to ask you, uh, if you would say a prayer, if you will, will close, hold on to that. If you will pray for our congregation, for those who are seeking spiritual gifts. You know, the Apostle Paul said that we should desire spiritual gifts, seek them, but most that we should prophesy, and that is fourth cell, or be a spokesperson for God. So I want you to pray a prayer for those who would be pressing in today to desire spiritual gifts, that God would open up that door for them. Absolutely. Lord, I thank you for New Freedom Church. I ask that you bless Pastor Joe and, and all who are here, who want to be here, who want to know you more than they do now. And that comes with walking with the Holy Spirit. And so I thank you, Holy Spirit. You have every person who is born again has the Holy Spirit right here. And I always tell the girls, it's like um, when you're pregnant, you take that baby everywhere you go. Well, the Holy Spirit goes everywhere we go. We are never alone. He is our teacher. He's our remembrancer. He's our comforter. He's everything that we need for him to be. He's right here. And, and so, Holy Spirit, I'm asking right now that you will just manifest your presence in every single person here yes. and that you will make each one so aware of your love for each one and your desire to represent yourself through each member of this church that then they will go out and it will overflow into other people and it will be a ripple that goes out from new freedom it's where we can't even limit it yes. and so i thank you holy spirit now that you will just begin to give each person the desire to want 
what you have so willingly to want to give to them. And we ask that this day, that if there are people who are really want the fire of God and want to have that purpose fulfilled in their life, that they would come forward and you would minister and you will answer. And we give you all of the praise and all of the glory. And this church says, Amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord. Thank you so much.